Hey there, just up top of this episode, we wanted to give a bit of a content warning. Um, this episode covers uh, CSI, The Lion Game, an episode in which uh, a trans woman is murdered. Um, so we just want to give uh, that warning up front um, before we start the show. Thanks. Welcome to Hold Up, a podcast where we watch transphobic procedurals <laughs> from the early 2000s. My name is Hudson, and my co-host is Grace. How's it going, uh, Grace? Good! I'm doing good. What an intro. I mean, yeah, this episode was something, um, but yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm all right. You know, it's been a it's been a weird week, but uh, every week is weird in COVID times. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we just Canada just got added to the EU countries that we're not allowed to visit the EU. We just got added. We're our cases are rising too much for us to be able to to visit. So that's that's where Canada's at. Well, welcome uh, to the party. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the par- COVID party. Yeah. Well, yeah. New York has banned, uh, or not banned, but has put uh, regulations on travelers from Connecticut and New Jersey in, because their cases are getting higher than New York cases. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I don't know when I'm ever going to leave this state again. I know. I, I'm just dreading the winter like lockdown because at least in the summer we could like you know go to a park. I could play some – like tennis courts are open. I could play some tennis. The winter is going to be rough, um, but uh, that's okay. We'll We'll – Follow the guidelines and hopefully case as well. Come back down. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. No, it's not. <laughs> we're here to talk about Ellen's new hairdo. No, I'm kidding. Um, but Did if you, you... <laughs> I mean, it is a good hairdo. It is a good hairdo. <laughs> if you are, if you are a, a meme follower or someone who reads page six, there uh, is a picture of Ellen's new haircut. Um, I don't even say haircut. It's a hairstyle where instead of it being kind of that really short and tight thing she's been doing for the past few years, it's kind of like a, a slick back mobster look. Um, yeah, very... she looks like she could be in the Irishman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, they just Google like Ellen new look; it'll come up. Yeah, she uh, her new the new season of her show premiered. I haven't watched it, but apparently she does give an apology for the her toxic the work behavior, the toxic environment she created on her on her show. So well, yeah, it's a start, I guess. It's a start, but uh, that's not actually what we're here to talk about today. We're we're talking about uh, a procedural um, of the CSI variety, specifically CSI New York, and it's an episode called "The Lion Game." Which can you guess what that's a reference to? No, I can't. The the Crying Game. Oh, the Crying Game. Which is a movie that does involve a cis man's romance with a trans woman's and uh, vomiting when one realizes that the woman was not cis. That's a 1992 thriller. Mm. Yeah, I've never seen I've never it. Watched, I've never seen it. Never seen no. it really. But uh, good start there. Um, were, you, uh, were you into the, like, you know, CSI, um, SVU, any of these type of, like, serial crime shows ever? Was this something mm. that... No, so my mom was like really, really into Bones. Like Bones was like her show. Mm. Anytime it was on like TNT or whatever, it was on, and like what that channel was like on whenever she was home. So I grew to hate procedurals. Like I don't even like Law and Order, but um, you know I've seen an episode of CSI here and here and there. Like the funniest thing is that my synagogue is uh, Congregation Sons of Israel, 
which is which we called CSI. So it was kind of weird when the TV show started airing and it's, uh, you know, ruined. I guess it would have ruined these the synagogue's SEO if uh, SEO was a thing back then. Yeah, I these these were shows that were sort of like on. I know my dad was a fan like of like Law and Order. Um, I was never really into the CSI or it's many, many spinoffs, but um, it was definitely something that I watched all the time. There's a really good John Mulaney bit where he does about um, how like, is it Ice Cube or Ice T is in one of the... Uh, Ice T, well, yeah. Yeah, and he like can never get... A, like SVU is all about like normally like weird, you know, sexual, like people having weird fetishy stuff and how Ice Cube can never get over. Like he's always surprised that people have like fetishes. Like <laughs> it's a really funny bit, but um, yeah, they would kind of like just be on and I would watch them, but um not like I've like watched every episode of all of them, but I think they're really interesting to talk about because they often like try to like rip from the headlines. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like a lot of the stuff you could sort of like watch it and maybe get a sense of like where at least these, like the creators of this show or the writers of this show, like thoughts where, like where they thought society was sort of at, at, you know, at that point in time. So I think they're really interesting as sort of like a reflection of society, probably not a perfect reflection, but an, you know, somebody's viewpoint of what society was like. Yeah, uh, you know, the people who watch uh, CBS uh, nonstop. Yeah, that's right. CBS uh, viewers. I think uh, a bit of an older demographic. Yes. Who watch these shows, yeah. Which uh, I want to talk about a little bit later after we get a little bit more into the meat of the episode. But, uh, you know, the, the TLDR for this episode is that uh, Candace Kane, who is a terrific uh, actress, plays a quote-unquote female impersonator who is murdered and the episode is partially about them trying to solve her murder, which, you know, spoiler alert was committed by a guy who freaked out because she was not a cis woman. I was wondering, do you think that at the end, I mean, we're jumping right to the end of this episode, but do you think that he, so no, it, the thing that I always thought was interesting in like law and order was typically that they would do the whole like investigation and they're trying to figure out what happened. And then they would get the like, they would have like the the uh, trial and in this show it's very much like we just do all the investigative work and then it happens do you think that this guy got off for like trans panic defense probably yeah i, uh, I bet yeah. this guy walked free yeah because around this time um this period of time there was uh, that story of that young um like he was 13 years old who was this like um effeminate boy who like wore makeup and he was murdered by one of his classmates like 13 years old and the kid did not get like a huge sentence the kid who murdered him to explain what the trans panic defense it, it's still something that's legal in most not most states but many I, I should have looked this up before but in many states it uh it basically if you murder a trans person because you find out it's like as a result of like your rage that they like tricked you into mm -hmm. you were sleeping with someone who you thought was a woman or you thought was a man and you murder them it's like a defense that you can get off basically scot-free um the trans panic defense basically the idea is that they like tricked you in some way and then your your murder of them is basically justified um it, it's still legal in, in some states yeah which is not shocking sadly um, in the day and time we live in uh, the U.S. right now, uh, but yeah, there's not much else to the story. I'm gonna, I honestly like it's there, like it's it it kind of does the beat by beat of um, what a procedural does. You know, they go talk to her coworkers at um, the club she dances at, and Willem, who is you know a well-known drag queen 
is you know one of the the drag queens they talked to and i just was like willem did it because you know yeah it has to be willem <laughs> willem was a villain and uh their season of Drag Race, so I just immediately suspected Willem. Also, Peppermint apparently is in this episode. I don't think Peppermint has any... Peppermint is another drag queen who was on uh, a season of RuPaul's Drag Race and is actually, I, I think, was at the time one of the first openly mm-hmm. uh, open trans women to like compete uh, on the show. Um, I don't think Peppermint has any lines, but is credited on IMDb as being in this uh, episode as one of um, Quentin. I, they don't think they ever say... What, uh, Candace Kane's character's name. They do. It's Quentin. They do. It's Quentin. Yeah, but that, as the, that's their like birth name, right? Yeah, every, yeah. Every, it's the only name she's referred to as yeah. by, which Quentin. is messed up. I mean, Quentin. I guess. I mean, it could be a female, but I. I don't think in this episode. I don't think that's what they're trying. Not like she like kept her name Quentin. I think they're just always dead naming this character. But yeah. Um, so it was fun to see Peppermint and Willem. That was probably like the highlight of this episode for me. It, it truly, it truly was. I think also just all the old tech doing things that tech cannot do was That's, pretty funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think CSI is one of the worst offenders of this. I mean, they had a version of their show called CSI Cyber, which I, as someone who studied digital forensics, I think would make me like laugh my ass off, but I can't watch these shows. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think I'd always heard about like the memeified like of enhance, and then mm-hmm. it's like suddenly they have like the perfect fingerprint, or, or even like doesn't she like hold up a fingerprint and she's like, ah, it's her fingerprint because it has swoops and or like yes. whatever, and you're like, yes, did you you match the fingerprint just by looking at the two fingerprints? Like anyway, um, oh. a bit silly, but. And then they did a recreation. So they have like recreation software where they can put in the scenario into a computer and the computer does the recreation and it's early 2000s like computer animation doing the recreation. (laughs) Yeah, or just like weird, weird graphs where they're like pulling up this like weird graph about like the levels of whatever in whatever's in her hair. It's like, yeah, I always thought that it was like that the meme was like, exaggerating how bad it was in the show but watching this episode i was like oh yeah it is exactly how people make fun of it so yeah um but uh what we really want to talk about is the trans representation in the show this episode not the technology and it's bad it's it's oh i thought we were going to talk about the b storyline where the guy ends up in the salt that's what we were here to talk about i hated that storyline because it's (laughs) it just showed how badly they try to make an like an la soundstage look like new york but anyway, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, do you do you want to start on like uh, some of the the fun things that were said in the opening sequence? Yeah, when they find her. So the first scene is her dancing, which is lovely. But then immediately she's been murdered, which is like it's it's just so like the first. At least I don't know. It's so complicated because they're like, what's a woman doing in the men's bathroom? I mean, that's something at the end of the episode we'll get to, which is like a bit of a a critique of like the plot of this the story but they're like the thing that like starts to catch their eye is like oh look at the size of her feet and her hands like she's just this like beautiful woman and i would i mean we talk, we've talked about like passing and stealth and all this sort of stuff in these episodes Candace can is beautiful and you, i like, never know and then the most uh like gag inducing line of the episode is he like lifts up the skirt and he's like more like a john doe and it's it's just terrible it's poorly written it's like it's it's they obviously never had like, I would, I don't know. They should have got some sort of trans consultant on the show mm-hmm. because this is just like it's it's hitting every like stereotype trope thing that like was like it, it being a trans woman is the butt of every joke. In yes, this, in this episode, and they hit like every single complaint I normally have about the the way trans people are portrayed 
in media. So. And and I think some of the weirdest thing is there's this like a uh, curly haired woman who's like one of the detectives. I think her name's Stella, and she's like so like after the medical examiner does his ex- examination, um, which is done to like lesbian folk. I don't know why they chose lesbian folk music for this scene, but um, she's talking. She's like using she her pronouns while she's talking to the medical examiner, and then they go to like interview their first sub like a uh, suspect and they start using he pronouns for her and it's just like a very jarring change like what what brought on like what why did you need to change it to he when you yeah, obviously some, understand her pronouns there's some interesting like um uh, not interesting like some weird juxtaposition in this episode where like um there's one scene where he asks the that she asked the coroner or whatever and she's like do you think it was a hate crime and i was like and then he's like a trans woman like like drowned in a bathroom stall like like obviously like i can't remember what he says oh yeah like, I, not I wrote a perfect it down. first date or whatever you wrote it down yeah, what yeah. It? transgendered showgirl drowned in a public toilet sound like love to you right that's the line but uh, like and so I mean, yeah, there's that line, but then also she's like asking, like, is it a hate crime? And so to me, at least there's like something interest, like there's something there at least where they're like, it's almost like there. So when was it? When did this episode come out? Like 2000 and something? Seven? Seven? Eight? Yeah. 2000, early 2007. So right. I feel like we're in a point where like you can see where there's like a little bit more, pro- like a little bit of, pro- and it's like very minimal. And I'm like basically having to find it with a magnifying glass, but like, at least there's some pieces in this, um, like him actually saying she's transgender, the coroner. That's like one of the only times in the episode where she's referred to as, as trans. Most of the other times she's referred to as like a drag queen, uh, straight up, just like a, a man mm-hmm. or, um, a, a female impersonator. Um, so at least there's like moments in this, you know, where like there's, very small pieces of I can see where like if it was written now I'm not I don't think it would be written in the same the same way but yes um I actually transcribe uh like a uh the like almost the whole I don't know just like end scene but I'm not even gonna we're not even getting into that but like when they're first uh like interviewing us the first suspect who spoiler alert is the murderer because that's how these shows work he um says how could she be a guy she had breasts they look so real and like it's just like all of that like it's like she's tricking him is kind of what he feels yeah she as much as they portray as a hate crime there's also a lot of like um blaming uh like like um like that she's not the victim in this um in what happened to her that uh what happens to her is a result of like the choices that she made is a bit of the way it's portrayed. I do feel like, I mean, we can get to the, the last scene where they're inter- interrogating her. I, I do feel like, again, this is where I sort of t- talked about in Trans-American Love Story, where there's some problems with the way things are written. And I think in this episode, I think the way that they're provoking him is to get him to confess uh, to, to murdering her, which is like a tactic that they, I mean, there's a whole, I mean, I have problems with the, the police obviously and detectives and so there's a problem with the way it's written and then it's not like there's never like an explanation that like well we were just doing that to like get him to admit it but actually like trans women are valid right like that 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 secondary piece never happens i don't know whether that means the first part is even okay but i think that's the angle that they kind of tried to 
take i don't know if that makes sense it's very complicated this episode it is very complicated so there's uh in the the scene where they're trying to you know get the guy to confess one of them says you don't like our girls out here in new york and then the guy says i never even touched her sorry him then the one of the, one of the detectives says then you'll then you find that out the hard way that she's actually a he or maybe you knew she was a guy all along maybe you liked it you ever see broke Mac back mountain and then the other detective the other detective says it's okay it's new york city we even have a gay parade here there's nothing to be ashamed of it's so weird yeah so i feel like they're coaxing him like the way it's written the way i like if i put myself in the writer's shoes that they're just saying this stuff to like like get a confession out of him to like agitate him to the point where he'd be like yeah so what i ki- like i killed her like who cares but the way the way it's written in that sense is, is it's totally invalidating trans women in the sense that like as soon as they're saying like we like it's okay we have a gay parade is like being with a trans woman if you're a straight man a cis man being with a trans woman doesn't make you gay but that's what they are trying to like that's how they're trying to like anger him um so it's very like it's very i don't know it's it was hard to watch mm-hmm. um cuz it's not fun to watch although i kind of see what they're like what they're doing even if i disagree with what they're the like sort of the way they they go about it yeah and it, it was just like <laughs> this whole episode like they they decided to like give her some backstory candy candace kane's character um and like she has a sister who was raped by a congressman who or a senator one of those two who is doing like an event at the hotel where she was murdered so they think that like he murdered her because she was trying to get back at him for raping her sister and that's like a really weird storyline they well, that, included that in plot there. just comes in after i thought this episode was also like as we were watching it i was like oh we're also going to get into like like um closeted poli- like republican politicians who like you know these like republican politicians who like uh, mandate again or like campaign on like anti-gay legislation but then are secretly like closeted i thought that's where we were going mm-hmm. and like there was going to be something about him sleeping with her and then he kills her to like try and cover up the fact that like, he doesn't want it to be exposed and he was like sleeping with, like i thought there was gonna be like a whole thing about that and then it kind of pivoted at the last minute um which this i think shows like this are tried to do try to throw a bunch of like you know do you think it's one thing and then suddenly it's it's another there's but, another reason but yeah i think um at that time like it was very like it there was like a like a wave of like politicians being caught doing gay yeah. stuff um especially republican politicians who voted or made le- legislation to like uh you know criminalize you know gay things but uh, there was even a website that was like how it was like how long since a, like a Republican senator has been outed was like the website, and then that yeah, zero days since the last Republican outing. <laughs> yeah, and then that movie um, came out, um, Outrage, that was about all the like closeted politicians who like who you know do things against their own people. Um, that was like a huge deal around that time. I think that was around two thousand eight. Did you see that I, one? No, I haven't seen that one. No. Um, I mean, it's kind of outdated now because it's like all these, you know, politicians from the early 2000s. Um, I think it was done by the guy who did like uh, this film is not yet rated. If you've seen that one, no. that's also a great movie about uh, the MPAA and how it discriminates against like sex and especially queer and trans sex. Mm. Um, so if you 
like feel like watching in early 2000 oh 2009 was when it came out um but yeah we feel like watching early 2000s we've watched a lot of stuff in the in the from the mid 2000s already it's actually probably more things we've watched are from the mid 2000s than anything else yeah i think because that's my like era of expertise i would say yeah you're like yeah yeah that makes sense but csi is definitely not my um area i i definitely had to watch a couple episodes in in my criminalistics class in high mm. school, which was like a class I took my senior year because I didn't have enough credits to graduate. <laughs> and we watched an episode about a, a trans man who was a murderer. Oh, I didn't know. Oh, goodness. Okay, well, maybe that will be our sequel is watching the trans man episode. Yeah, I don't know if we, we can do another. These like episodes, they don't have too much to talk about, I feel like. It's like the murder happens, they do all their science, <laughs> and then they, they question a few people, and then they get the murderer. Well, so one of the going just going back to this politician conversation, I was wondering. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I think there's a, a discussion to be had about how. I, I'm gonna pose this question to you, but I will answer it as well because I think it's a pretty like, um, it's a pretty big question. Is like, how do you feel about people like outing, uh, like like politicians who are like, you know, the politician. I don't know. It's like a really complicated. I was thinking about this with like, uh, Lady G. Do you know? Do you know much about Lady G? Do you know what I'm referring to? Lady uh, G is is apparently the pseudonym. People think that this is the pseudonym for Lindsey Graham, and Lindsey Graham's uh, sometimes some of his uh, online behavior. People think that Lady G is his pseudonym, and I, you know, in some discussions online, I've been seeing that there's some people who are very much like, okay, get like you know, let's get them, like let's you know, at, like out them, and then there's other people who are like, is it right to out anybody? And I think the counterpoint, the, the defense that people normally come back with about outing someone without their consent is when someone is causing such such harm to LGBT, to the LGBTQ community, um, even when they're when they're closeted. And so, you know, if you are, you know, not trying to stop conversion therapy or you are trying to, you know, pull back LGBTQ rights, then what and I mean, I guess the argument is like, what right do you like? We're gonna we're gonna out you because hope maybe I think that the hope is that maybe by doing that, um, they'll stop some of that behavior. But it's a very complicated like discussion, I th- and it has to be a nuanced discussion about whether we should be outing people because that's normally something we are. I would say you should never do that. And then yet there's someone like Lindsey Graham who I'm like, oh maybe that's okay. I don't I don't really know. I I think yeah anyone who is legislating or saying hateful things and they are benefiting from their closeted status because of that I think I really think deserves to be outed like any Republican who does that even if if it's a Democrat who is or a like, Democrat yeah I would say that too yeah. um saying like gay people shouldn't get married gay people shouldn't be able to have housing I think that it's hypocritical I think it's 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 so slimy that they that that there isn't any ethical ground to say they shouldn't be outed. Um, and with someone like Lindsey Graham, who is like a huge Trump supporter, it's like I don't see any problem with it because he's literally helping like a corrupt and racist, um, you know, president do his work in Washington. And 
there's actually rumors that Trump has a lot of dirt on Lindsey Graham, and that's why Lindsey Graham is one of his supporters. Yeah, because he was very uh, Graham was very anti. I mean, this is sort of the people who tried to oppose him and then sort of fell in line um, behind the Trump uh, whatever presidency. Yeah, the Ted Cruz of it all, the Lindsey Graham, uh, the Chris Christie, these people who like he he said such terrible things. Lindsey Graham said such terrible things about Donald Trump, and now is is so in his corner. It's like, what else could there, what, what, what does he have on you, man? What do you, what's going on? Yeah, I, I do want to do like a kind of like the opposite. So like, um, I, so I went to college in Maine and the, uh, the congressperson was a guy named Mike uh, Michu and he, it was like kind of like an open secret that he was gay, but no one talked about it and he never like, you know, he was, you know, voted on the democratic line. So he was, you know, he was pro gay marriage, pro gay rights, and he ran for governor of Maine in 2014 and decided to come out then. And no one had any inkling, you know, not inkling, any desire to out him because he wasn't doing harm to the community. Right. And right, I think right. that's it. So that's a different story. So, like, I think, like, if you want it to be your personal business and you're not doing anything to harm anyone, do what you got to do. But otherwise, it's a free for all. Yeah. I mean, it's also, it's so sad that someone would be like, like, you know, imagine being LGBTQ and feeling like you need to hide it and then also, like, supporting donald trump that's so sad i feel so sad for you lady j if you're lady g if you're if you're listening to this it's okay <laughs> you can come out you can you know you can you know anyway whatever anyway see there's lots to talk about we can pull we can go on any tangent for anything yeah but it was it was sad that that uh republican you know he's not said to be republican but you know he's republican yeah, i assumed um, he was republican yeah. it was in like the the era where like era it's not the error uh, where a lot of people were doing uh, Bush bashing like 2007. So, you know, Republicans were all were the evil guys um, during that time period, which was nice for a young gay kid. But he turns out to be like still a heterosexual who just rapes cis women. Yeah, he's just a rapist. That's it. Yeah. yeah which. Yeah, it's a pretty gross story. Yeah. And then. Um... Yeah, it's a weird episode. You know what else is weird in this episode is, I, I can't remember which storyline this is from, but the alibi company, this company that's mm-hmm. just set up to just provide you with an alibi. Have you ever heard of an alibi company? I and, and the fact that the alibi company is so surprised that it's like, have they've never, they've never been involved in like a police operate. Like they seem so surprised that like something illegal could have ha- been happening with their alibis. <laughs> like they're just like, no, well, you know, everything's by the book here. It's like, this is the first time the police have ever come to you. You run an alibi. Company. I know. <laughs> Maybe they change hands a lot. <laughs> yeah. It just keeps getting sold. Yeah. I mean, and those, those screens the, <laughs> where it was like, Oh, someone's calling for this company. Oh, someone's calling for that company. It's, it was so dumb. Like they had like a really dumb secondary story about like a, mur- a murderer of like a guy getting so angry because he thought his coworker was going to get promoted and he was going to get fired at a skateboard shop. <laughs> yeah, it's so ridiculous. Um, the other thing, the other weird like evidency thing in this episode is so is it? Can you? I mean, I, I don't think either of us are lawyers or like detectives or whatever. When when he like takes when the politician takes like the rattle from the baby and takes the, and he's like he just put his DNA all over that rattle. Is that something you can do? You can just go and like I've seen it in movies where like someone like drinks a cup of coffee and then they throw out their coffee cup and then like the detectives take the coffee cup and then run the dna from there how is that different than like needing a warrant i feel like you still need a warrant to run there you don't you can just as, as soon as you like leave anyway something that just confused me greatly about this episode it has nothing to do with queer media at all um but yeah i'm unsure honestly uh what 
the legal, uh, you know. All right. If there's any lawyers this. listening, is that legal evidence that if you uh, touch a baby's rattle and they take DNA from it, is it can it be used in court? Anyway, um, what else is there in this episode? I mean, that's basically it. it's just like a hate crime that this guy committed that ends up being the whole the whole story. Of yeah. The episode. Um, so the, the episode falls for the trope of puking when he finds out after, after she kisses him that he's finding out that, um, uh, Candace is not a a woman. Um, and I'm referring to Candace as her actress, the actress, not as the character, because we don't have a clear idea, you know, of of whether that, you know, what her name was in the show, um, whether it's the dead name that they keep saying is the name she went by, or if she had another name she used. So and they, they never, uh, they never, I guess they do confirm that she's like a trans woman when she, when they talk about that she was taking hormones. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a really weird line where um, he's like, uh, yeah, she was on hormone uh, therapy or whatever. And he's like, oh, I guess that explains the feminine features and the lack of facial hair. And it's like, y- hormones don't get rid of your facial hair. Just say, just, just for, a, you know, any... Any cis people wondering, uh, hormones don't get rid of your facial hair, so they maybe thin it a bit, but they don't. It doesn't. It doesn't get rid of it. So, anyway. yeah, you have to go to expensive and painful electrolysis sessions to get rid of it permanently. Yeah, if people are interested, the thing that they often say about like hormones is that it can like add. Uh, this at least for like with estrogen, it can like add to. It's like going through puberty again. It's like it can add to your body, but it can't take anything away that like puberty. Uh, has already done basically so like yeah your your, your voice it doesn't affect your voice it doesn't affect like if you've already had facial hair grown in you have to find other ways to like yeah know, change those things so. in in terms of like secondary sexual traits yeah. um yeah. so like it, it doesn't remove your breasts if you are um you know assigned female at birth and go in hormones it might redistribute a little bit of the fat but you're gonna have to get surgery to get rid of them so. And they're also like, um, oh, she's, yeah, I guess she was in the middle of a sex change. <laughs> I've yes, never heard that of, like, was... transitioning as it being in the middle of a sex change. Yes, that what was... part of the sex change am I in right now? I don't know. <laughs> that was one of the things I, I think I wrote down. Uh, I, I just, like, was transcribing all the transphobic things. And by the last scene, it was just, like, a wall of text of just, like, transphobia being spewed out of their mouths and a bit of homophobia that I just stopped. I was like, it's not even worth it anymore. Yeah, it was pretty brutal at the end. That last, the interrogation scene. And that just, like, ends. They just, like, arrest him and it's over. That's, well, like, the conclusion. that might have been the link we watched. Oh, maybe. I no, because th- the credits rolled. Oh, they did? I, I, no. You know, I was kind of... When it wasn't, like, the, you know, important stuff, I was kind of second-screening it. <laughs> yeah, uh, same. I mean, I was... Yeah. Uh, yeah, that interrogation scene is brutal. I mean, the other thing, too, is, like... Um, we talked about like him being in the bathroom because he vomits, right? Or like, is this later he goes into the bathroom? That's when so she pops out of the bathroom. She's like out of the stall. And he's like, she was using the men's bathroom as if that was like no big deal. And like, a, it's just the way this episode is written. Is that like a trans woman, like who was in the process of transitioning, like Candace Kane was probably wouldn't be using the, the men's yeah. bathroom. Um, so there was like probably no real reason why Candace Kane was in that bathroom um, when she was then murdered. Um, but yeah, anyway. Yeah, and I um I wanted to go back to the puking because it reminded me of this performance art piece that this. Um, artist Morgan M. Page, who uh, is a trans-Canadian. She uh, has a great podcast on um, trans history, 
that um, is called One from the Vault that is really informative if you ever want to learn about, um, you know, trans people not from the 21st century. And she did this piece where it's a super cut of scenes from popular uh, TV and movies, you know, Crying Game, Ace Ventura, Family Guy, and it depicts men vomiting at the sight of trans women's bodies. And then she eats a bowl of jello and then forces herself to throw up as part of the performance piece. And it just was like, like the fact that like this is a performance piece that happened and the fact that this trope is so widely used that like someone has done this and then it's in this episode. It, it just was like, I cannot believe that they, you know, went to that, um, you know, that area to, they decided to, to use the like, oh, I'm so disgusted. I need to get, you know, everything about her out of my body. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not fun. But yeah, it's, it's so common. It's, it's like one of the most common bits of like representation of trans women at least uh of this thing where like someone is attracted to them then they realize that they're you know trans and then they vomit um yeah and which oh, yeah, yeah you go. go ahead no i was just gonna say it's like i think disclosure the documentary that we talked about last week which is a candace is in disclosure and specifically talks about this episode and being cast um in this role it's it's uh, a really great documentary about trans representation in media overall and they do touch on this like the vomiting trope and it's just like you just have to sit there and imagine you like you know yourself as a young trans person you're maybe in the closet you're thinking you're you know are thinking that you might want to explore your gender and then seeing that the way people would react to you if you if you ever came out is is that people would vomit or literally just are literally disgusted by you is uh you know it's just so unfortunate that's the representation for like a lot of trans people that's like some of the only representation we had for a long time so. yeah i agree and it's it's kind of disturbing to think of this you know this show might have introduced some viewers to trans people because you know csi is on cbs which you know is uh a, a network that skews older and conservative so i can imagine there were people watching it who kind of empathized with the guy who murdered uh candace's character more than yeah, that, empathize like, with it, her. It's, it's her fault. It's her fault that she tricked him um, into thinking, you know, that, you know, her behavior in this episode, um, that she's tricking him in some way to, like, sleep with him. And then he, like, justifiably uh, kills her is uh, pretty awful. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there wasn't a lot of press on this episode. I, I like to do a little bit of research um, to see if there's anything written during the time period when an episode comes out. Um, and the only thing that wrote about it was The Advocate during their season retrospective. And they noted that the episode was the first to ever have a trans person playing a trans person on CSI and having the trans person as a victim instead of as the murderer, because apparently <laughs> the other two uh, CSI <laughs> uh, versions have had transgender murderers. But what they said is Kane's character was a confusion of transgender types. She clearly presented as a woman and yet was shown using the men's room, probably because the writers thought that was what we do when we have not yet had sexual uh, reassignment surgery. Even though there was nothing about her character that felt like a gay man in drag, the murderer responded with the ick factor over the thought that he had kissed a guy, offending many LGBT viewers in the process. And when the victim's body was discovered, the detective declared, Jane Doe is actually a John, as if all transgender people are involved in sex work. Even the episode title was a slur against trans people who have not had surgery. So, 
at least yeah. even back then people were uh you know not thrilled about representate the representation this uh, episode brought yeah i mean it's i think that's a really good analysis in terms of like how this like trans character is written it's so clearly written from like a the cis perspective uh of how like sort of like just i think just like not really thinking through how trans people sort of walk through the world um I mean, we can touch on bathrooms for a bit. It's, it's a, like, can be, it's, you know, very recently it was like a hot button trans issue. Um, I'm not sure if like people, like if people, I think this, this show, like what happens is, is actually like, um, for trans women anyway, is like our worst fear about being forced to use the bathroom of the, uh, like sex we were born with. So imagine someone who looks like Candace Kane constantly having to use the, the men's bathroom and then what like a how much of like a target that puts on especially when you consider how much violence there is against trans people in the world how much of a target that puts on that person that like well why are they in this bathroom like a there's just the question of like well you you don't really look like you belong here which is like there's a bunch of issues with that in general right like people don't have to conform to like stereo like gender stereotypes but when when you don't and then you like are using the bathroom of the sex that you were assigned at birth, it like think about how terrifying of an experience that would be for um like uh, for trans women uh to like have to use the men's bathroom yeah i don't know and it, it kind of like i feel like it's like a scare tactic it's like you can't use this basic this 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 room that's for a basic need without fear of assault so we're gonna just you know scare you into not either not presenting as your gender right. or not or just not leaving your home you know it's yeah. there, it, it's like it's just like a really disgusting scare tactic as well as a scare tactic towards the like conservative movement to you know have a boogeyman that they can say this is why trans rights shouldn't exist when there's been no documented cases of a trans woman ever assaulting another person in a bathroom it's always the other way around regardless and, I mean, of the bathroom the thing is is that like if someone is going to go into a bathroom and assault someone they they don't have to like pretend that they're a trans woman for like years or whatever to like to do that and that you know that's a terrible thing that would happen but but it's just not the case like that these people think that that's why trans women are transitioning is to like be able to get access to like you know the, the bathroom of you know the women's bathrooms and then assault someone it's like people could just go into a bathroom and assault someone so i don't i don't know why we're specifically targeting out trans people for for you know that reason it's 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 gross it's terrible and it's not a thing that happens so yeah exactly and i i've had that situation where when i um was before i started tea and like i hated hated going to the women's bathroom because no matter what someone would stare at me like, and look like I wasn't in the right place. And it was really upsetting, really, um, you know, it was, it became a very triggering thing for me where I don't like using public restrooms very often. I've gotten better at it. But me either. Yeah. I don't like using them either. The, um, only, the only public bathroom I use in this, I'll use the word public like loosely is, is my work because everybody knows how I identify at work. And so people don't really like, like say anything. People don't bat an eye, you know, it's just like, yeah, you guys, but any other sort of public bathroom, I'm like, ter I'm like so anxious from the moment I need to go to the bathroom uh, until I'm done going to the bathroom and have to leave the bathroom. Yeah, I've, I've always wondered if trans people have like a higher rate of like UTIs because we hold it in a lot more. <laughs> it's probably someone should do a study. I'll look that up. Uh, there's probably some sort of study out there. 
because like like and i feel like there's like you know pre-covid there was kind of like you know like a an understanding like if you have to like stop by a person's house and they're trans they'll let you use their bathroom because you might not have a chance for a while you know (laughs) yeah um but a really good i think if you want to see like a really good depiction of like trans bathrooms from the trans point of view like the, the trans bathroom debate is um uh work in progress have you seen that show I don't think so. So it's about like a, a butch woman um, who's like in her 40s who has uh, a lot of mental health issues. And so it's not really about her sexuality, but she happens to be butch and she happens to start dating a transmasculine person. And there is a scene at a um, like a it's at a like a music sh- festival where uh, I guess she goes in to use the bathroom and gets harassed and, you know, security people get called on her um, for being a cis woman who happens not to conform with um you know the gender stereotypes being harassed not it's not even a trans person you know and um it's uh the executive one of the executive producers is uh lily wachowski who's um oh yeah i forgot that from the the matrix yeah i'll have to check that out sounds really good i mean that's the thing i was gonna kind of you know talk about this if it's if we sort of worked our way back into it was sort of about when you were talking about i can't remember which documentary but about um discrimination based on sex and all that sort of stuff and how that becomes relevant for queer people. And I think that the other, another big thing here is like uh, TERFs. Mm-hmm. So trans exclusionary radical feminists. Uh, it's the name that they gave themselves. So I'm going to call them TERFs. Although they seem to imply that it's a slur these days, but gender that's critical, what they, gender critical. So TERFs are people who uh, they're feminists who be- believe that trans people uh, so specifically trans women, maybe I'm speaking it's specifically trans, trans women. Okay. The trans women do not, are not women. They don't, you know, they're not part of feminism. They're, you know, and, and the trans movement has sort of is, is basically, um, the trans movement is co-opting sort of feminism and it, that is discriminating against like biological and putting them like, like cis women basically is the, is the idea of turfs. And so, um, my, my, my issue with, Turfs. There, there are many issues I have with turfs, but one of the big things that I don't, you know, I'm, it's, it's hard for me to see every time, like what they're advocating for is that things be based on biological sex and how, um, the like feminist movement like works so hard to make sure that like women could wear pants at work and that like, you know, and to, to make sure that like women could just be women, however you wanted to be a woman. What did it look like for you? And some of the like policies that they're like advocating for. I, I don't see how they're not seeing how it's going to like like it's in an effort to also like like roll back like gender rights like and and, and women's rights um, and to me that's really frustrating that you would you're so absorbed in thinking that trans women's main focus is to like co-opt the feminist movement that you're not seeing how like the policies you're helping support or trying to put in place are also going to affect cis women exactly in that situation you're talking about where like if you're saying that like there's going to be a bathroom ban and you have to use the bathroom that's assigned by your biological sex, then people who don't conform to like fem- like modern views of femininity are going to be targeted and harassed because people will think that they're, you know, a trans, you know, that they're trans or whatever. And then suddenly they, like they're going to be targeted and harassed for just trying to use the bathroom. So I, I'm not, you know, that's one of the many issues I have with TERFs. Um, but for me, it's a pretty big one. <laughs> yeah. And no, I, I like to call them twerfs because I consider them more trans women, exclusionary, radical feminists, um, because they kind of see trans men as more just like a pest that they can just not think about because they're not 
like the most I see is that they think. No, that's not true. I would say there's a book that just came out where uh, this turf wrote that the transgender uh, movement is ruining young women's like you know um, like reproductive lives and their bodies because right. they're falling under the spell of of transgenderism. So they 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 take out their uh, you know their ovaries and and go on testosterone. It ruins their body. It's this whole new book I, that I, just came out. I've seen some stuff too about like how it's like taking like butch butch women who some someone who would have identified as like just a butch woman is now like you know is a trans man and is like you know you're you're like feeding into the and you just want to be a man so that like it's or like be viewed as a man so you can have all the power of like the patriarchy i don't, I don't know if there's that as well which is like i i don't think trans men are like transitioning to get all the power that like men have in the patriarchy actually i think most trans men would be like advocates for like tearing down the patriarchy but you know. You'd be surprised. Okay. Right. All right. <laughs> There's plenty of trans men who just feed into the patriarchy, and like right. once they once they get a taste of it, they're like, "Oh, this is nice." But yeah, it's yeah. So I, I you know, I take back my statement before where I said that um, tr- turfs don't really care about trans men. There's there's a subset that are more um, angry at trans women. There's a subset that's more angry at trans men. And I think it depends kind of on their own personal sexual preference. So, or not even sexual preference, sexual orientation. So like, I would, no, I'd say sexual preference. Cause it's like a, a woman who likes Bush women might feel like the trans trend is taking away Butch women from the lesbian scene, which is not true. It's right. just that a lot of people now have a way to describe their gender in a way that they didn't have back then uh, right. before people knew what trans people were. And then there's the other subset who feel like trans lesbians have taken over the lesbian scene. Right. Um, and they, so there's so the subset that hates the trans women and the subset that hates the trans men or think that trans men are a victim of the transgender yeah, trend. I've seen that. And where, so that's what I was sort of implying. And where trans women are not, are more the perpetrator of the trans trend. Because they view us as men yeah. who are trying to find more power. It's like, yeah, but whatever. Yeah. Um, we could go on for hours about, you know, these these gender critical twerfy, turfy turds. Um, turds, another <laughs> word people use, which is, um, I can't remember, trans, um, exclusionary, um, reactive, dumbasses or something i don't know <laughs> sure whatever d word you want to put on the end of that sure yeah but uh you know if you ever in your uh in your life was like you know i don't i don't feel comfortable with trans people using my using the bathrooms um i hope we enlightened you a little bit <laughs> it's inter- i mean t- gender critical stuff I, I remember like sort of finding the gender critical like a subreddit and and being like Ooh, this is like maybe I'm maybe I'm not a trans woman. Like maybe I'm not. Maybe like if society was more like accepting of gender roles, I would just be. But that's just like not my. That's not the reality of like for me and many other trans women that like our reality is that we like are trans. So anyway, um, our DMs are open if you want to chat. Yeah, we're happy um, to chat about it. So should we ask the age-old question, Hudson? Yes. Does it hold up? <laughs> no 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 i don't think so uh no not at all i'd like to find somebody who does who listens to this podcast because that would be a weird weird crossover because I, I it doesn't hold up technologically it doesn't hold up so like socially it doesn't hold up about trans people even back then people thought it was 
a little icky. So I, I it didn't hold up like six months later when there was a you know end of year retrospective on trans people in the media. So <laughs> yeah, if if it was written today, it wouldn't be written the same way. I think that the I think that there could still be a little like. It probably would be like a trans, like I could see them still doing an episode that's like about trans panic defense. I just don't think it would be like, there would be a bit more clear cut that like the murderer is the bad guy. And then also I think like I, so if I had to rewrite this episode, I would get rid of a lot of the stuff at the beginning, like the comments that they're sort of making as they're discovering that Candace Kane um, is a trans woman. I would, that stuff to me would be rewritten in a way that was a bit more just sensitive to like, yeah, this is, and, and this is, again, we like we talked about a few weeks ago, we acknowledged that a black trans woman was murdered and and that this is the most ever in one year this is like something that happens to trans people all the time and 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 more frequently than ever before so um i think just that like the sensitivity of like it them just like discovering that it's a um that she's trans would be handled a bit differently and and the end scene where they're like provoking him into confessing um if it's a tactic that they're using I feel like there'd be a bit more like explanation of that rather because it just seems so jarring at the end of the episode for them to mm-hmm. be like, you're gay. Tell us you're gay. Admit it. Like um, it's just so jarring at the end of the episode. So to me, that that's the ways in which it doesn't hold up. Yeah. And I think if it was one of like the law and order type shows where they show the trial and like the um, the prosecution, I think he might actually still walk away like yes. from it. And they might. But they, they don't say whether this guy got off or not in CSI, but I think even in a modern episode, they might show him um, being found innocent because it's more of a commentary these days on, like, the broken um, justice system yeah. that doesn't yeah, protect trans people. Yeah, there's these, people. like, broken laws that don't, yeah, yeah, don't protect trans women, trans people. Yeah. yeah. So it doesn't hold up. Nope. So, yeah, you know, if you had any inkling any interest in watching this episode just don't i will send you the link if you really want to watch it but please just don't all right so uh where can people find you on the internet so i'm a i'm a big instagram user um i uh can be found as non-binary on instagram don't worry about spelling that it's in the show notes it's also uh linked in the bio of our instagram which is hold up podcast with just one p so hold up podcast and what about you, Grace? Yeah, I'm at uh, I'm on Twitter at Hi from Grace, or uh, we, you can follow us uh, the official podcast account at Hold Up Podcast with one P. We're an odd cast uh, on Twitter as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. And what are we talking about next week? So I'm very excited about what we're talking about next week. This was a uh, uh, something that like I don't think I was out at the time it came out. Um, but I very much wanted to watch it because I knew I was gay, but just wasn't out to anybody. Um, so we're going to be talking about the Academy Award nominated film Brokeback Mountain. Exciting. I've not seen this movie since I saw it in theaters, so I cannot wait to see how it holds up. Yeah, two two gay cowboys hiding their love for each other in the hills of, I don't even know where they are. Sheep herders. Herding sheep. Yeah, they're sheep herders. They're yeah. not cowboys. Well, you know. <laughs> I guess, okay, all right. <laughs> There's sheep herders, all right. So very fun. I'm very excited to talk about um, Brockback Mountain. Yeah, me too. All right. Well, we'll catch you next week. All right, bye, everybody. Bye.